Hello there, this is A.D. Robles, and you're listening to A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. All right, all right. Well, today I have a topic that uh, I think will be interesting. I've actually addressed this topic before, um, but today I'm going to use an article written by Jason Keith Allen. Jason Keith Allen, if you don't know him, he is the president of Midwestern Seminary, which is a Southern Baptist seminary. Um, I don't know Jason personally, but I have heard a lot of good things about him. Some from unreliable sources, but some from reliable sources, that he's a good guy, uh, got a good head on his shoulders and all that kind of thing. And I I have no reason to to doubt that. Um, Obviously, there's going to be disagreements with anybody that you find, even the best of us. Um, But this this isn't going to be really personal to him. It's more this this presentation that he's putting forward, and it's a very typical Big Eva type of presentation. Um, but before we get into that, let me just say this. If you're not a Fight, Laugh, Feast Club member, consider joining the Fight, Laugh, Feast Club. Use the show code ROBLEZ. Um, we're doing a lot of really cool stuff. There's just no question about it. The future uh, for the Fight, Laugh, Feast uh, Club membership uh, is, is going to be really fun. And so um, consider supporting this uh, work if you enjoy it. We're doing some really interesting things. In fact, one person reached out to me and told me uh, just how how encouraging he finds this network. It's it's a unique thing. We don't screech. We're not ranting and raving. We're not throwing around uh, crazy accusations, which is going to be relevant to this show. Um, but we do uh, we do say things that Big Eva typically doesn't say. So please consider joining the Fight Laugh Feast Club. And as a member, use the show code ROBLES, R-O-B-L-E-S. So here's what we want to talk about today. So Jason Allen wrote this article on Monday, and it was responding or or reflecting on a situation that happened to him in the previous week. So what happened was there was an article put forward by um, an anonymous, uh, this is how he he characterized it, an anonymous blog that accused him, that, 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 that cited an anonymous source. So there's two levels of anonymity here cited an anonymous source that said that Jason Allen actually met with a politician and lobbied for um, something related to immigration or refugee resettlement or something like that. And so that was the idea. So there was an anonymous source that said Jason Allen lobbied for this particular cause regarding refugees. Um, And so Jason Allen came out real fast and real strong and said it was all a lie. Every single piece of it was a lie, according to what Jason Allen says. Um, and the person who wrote this blog did something that fake news doesn't do. And, 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 and I want you to really hear this distinction, because this person put out an article that Jason Allen says is false, but I do not consider this blog fake news, because here's what this blogger did. He instantly apologized. He said, I screwed this one up. I should not have gone to press with this. I didn't vet it properly. And that's my fault. I'm sorry about it. He wrote an entire article to apologize for this. And that's a good thing because what fake news does is they'll put out a fake article um, and then they it's out there. It goes everywhere. And then when they retract it, they usually do it without drawing any attention to the fact that it was indeed fake. What they'll do is they'll, they'll edit it or they'll secretly delete it or they'll add a little line to the bottom of the article um, that says, well, this isn't actually real. <laughs> you know what I mean? Something like that. So, it, it, you know, you, it's still out there. It's still, you know, it, it, they don't draw any attention to the fact that they had dropped the ball. This blogger did do that. 
I'm not saying that it's okay to publish news that is false or that you haven't properly vetted. That's not what I'm saying. But I am giving kudos to the person who wrote this blog for apologizing. And so Jason Allen, after the apology, wrote this article about denominational discourse and the future of the SBC. This is something that he sees as a real threat to the Southern Baptist Convention. And he wants to give some guidelines of how we should interact with each other um, if we're going to accomplish our goals in the SBC. Now, I'm saying our goals because I believe this, he's, 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 he's talking specifically about the SBC, but, but really he's talking to Christians here in general. I'm not in the SBC, but I care very deeply about the SBC. Um, I don't have to play by the SBC's political rules or things like that, but if they are, in as much as they're biblical, if they're applying biblical principles, then I do have to abide by those rules. And so what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about this blog post. It's not all bad. I don't disagree with all of it, but there's some interesting things in here that I think are very revealing to those of us who are in this social justice debate or in this social justice controversy, which is to say all of us, because even if you're not interested in social justice, social justice is definitely interested in you, and it will affect your church. There is no question about it. And so here's here's what, what Jason does, and Jason is a smart guy, no question about it, he starts off with an explanation of some history, and he starts off talking about terrorism and all that kind of thing. And he, and he, he puts forward this idea is that, that terrorism is, is very effective because there's a, there's a loss imbalance, right? Like a terrorist sitting in a cave somewhere in Saudi Arabia or wherever they are, he, he, he doesn't go that way. He doesn't say that they're a Muslim terrorist. He talks about extremists. But really, he's talking about Muslim terrorists. Let's just be honest about this. Terrorists sitting in a cave somewhere, you know, they have nothing to lose, really. They have nothing to lose, is what he says. And so, you know, if they lose a battle or if they don't get their plan off or something like that, no big loss to the terrorist uh, cell. But the United States, a, an established country, a, you know, a, a part of the of the movers and shakers of the world, they have a lot to lose in the war on terror. Um, and so... He, he, it's this idea that, you know, if the if the United States engages in like shady tactics, well, they have a lot of credibility to lose. But if but if these terrorists do, they don't really have any credibility to lose. There's an imbalance there that makes it difficult to fight that war. And I think he's right about that. But then he de- <laughs> this is bad form. I, I got to be honest, this is very bad form, because what he's what he's done here is he's planted this seed in in you. Terrorism is bad, and we all agree terrorism is very bad. Terrorism evokes emotions in us. We all remember where we were when the towers came down and all that kind of stuff. So this is he he he's he's planting a seed in you of fear and and anger and all of that. The very next thing he does is talk about how blogging and social media has a similar scenario in the SBC, and the idea is that you know an anonymous blogger has nothing to lose either. But the person that they're criticizing or spreading lies about has a lot to lose. And so it's very difficult to fight a war when anonymous bloggers are 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 doing these tactics and things like that. That's his that's his premise here. And I think that that's a real that's bad form in my opinion. He even he even commits the card Jason Allen even commits the cardinal sin of men- mentioning Hitler. And if you want to shut somebody's brain down just say, "Oh, you're kind of like Hitler." Everyone I don't like is Hitler. You know what I mean? That's it's a, it's a one. It's 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 just it's a, it's a 
for anyone who's writing blogs or doing things online or in any way, this is something you need to avoid. Stop with the Hitler comparison. (laughs) As Adolf Hitler famously reflected, if you tell a big enough lie and tell it frequently enough, it will be believed. So what he's doing, again, he's trying to get these emotions going. And, he, and now he wants, he wants when you see an anonymous blogger or an anonymous person on Twitter, he wants to make the connection, the negative emotional connection between Hitler and that blogger. He's not making the argument that he's as bad as Hitler, but he wants that negative association. That's, I mean, it's, 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 it's genius rhetoric in a way, but it's just a real low blow. It makes no sense to me. There's just, it's not appropriate. It's kind of, a president of a seminary, you know, you don't really expect to see someone to see someone uh, argue in that way. And then he says, so so this is this is what I find interesting about this. He talks about the catch twenty two of a minister. So when they get a false accusation levied against them, there's a catch twenty two, he says. He says you could either respond to it or not respond to it. And oftentimes responding to it actually just draws more attention to it. Um, and he says that you'll also generate clicks for that person's website, which is what they want anyway. They, they often just want clicks to their website and stuff like that. And, um, and so he says, like, what do I do? Do I respond or do I not respond? And this is an interesting point because I agree with this Catch-22. If somebody says something that's untrue about you, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a decision. It's a real decision whether or not to address it at all. Um, there was a woman who said uh, about me that um, that I uh, I supported sex slavery. Just uh, and this is an, a big Eva type woman, you know, like someone who's well uh, writes books and is well respected. Told me uh, it's obviously false. You know, you know, if you know me at all, you know that I think that sex trafficking should be a death penalty offense. So she's putting on opposite world glasses and saying, "Well, actually, I support sex slavery." Um, but I didn't, you know, I didn't really address it. I just had to have a nice day. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's obviously untrue. There's no point in drawing attention to something stupid like that. And so it's just like, whatever, you know. But but he makes a good point because, again, because of the loss differential, because he's got a lot to lose as the president of Midwestern Seminary, um, he, he has to decide whether or not to respond to this false accusation. That's the idea here. Um, and so... This is what I found so interesting, guys. Okay, so I, I, I agree with this, by the way. This, this is a difficult decision to make sometimes. But listen to this. This is what I found interesting about this. And this is, honestly, guys, this should encourage you so much. And by the way, if you hear my children in the other room playing, that's just how it is. So, <clears throat> he says, In recent days, I experienced such an attack. It's not the first, and it won't be the last. Inexplicably, an anonymous website published an anonymous article that cited anonymous sources. From start to finish, the article was a complete lie. It wasn't a misunderstanding or even a slight misrepresentation. It was a complete fabrication. It was entirely apocryphal, a total lie. Its intent was to slander me, to impugn me, and to do me harm. Thankfully, the accusations were relatively benign. The blogger wasn't accusing me of scandalous behavior or immoral activity. Thus, the substance of the accusations didn't alarm me much. Rather, the facts that this that the accusations were so patently untrue did. Thus, I chose not to ignore this one. I chose to engage the article head on. That is interesting. Because he, Jason, in this article says that this is a difficult decision to make, whether or not to address uh, an anonymous blogger. And in this case, he did. 
And he says that he did so because they were untrue. And I got to say, I, I, I'm not saying I don't believe Jason here, but I don't think really when it comes down to it, that was the motivation because he says here, he tries to make it, he tries to play it off like the accusations were no big deal, but they were completely untrue. And I'm thinking to myself, if they're no big deal, but they're completely untrue, why give it air? Why address it at all? Like, that doesn't really pass the sniff test to me. Because if somebody said something about me that was no big deal, it wasn't true, it's like Jimmy Crack Corn. Who cares, right? Like, if somebody said something like this, I heard that Adam Robles was cavorting around the other day with all of the major players of the Federal Vision, all of them. He went to their conference, he was a keynote speaker, and he, you know, had lunch with one of them. And he lobbied that we should platform more of these Federal Vision proponents in our conference speaking. To me, that it's not true. I didn't do any of those things. But would I address it? Why would I address it? None of those things are bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if I hung out with a bunch of Federal Vision people and I spoke at a Federal Vision convention and I lobbied that more Federal Vision people should uh, speak at Big Eva conferences, <laughs> like the, that's not sinful and it's not a big deal and it would be a lie. But what? why would I come if I had a position of power, right? Why would I from on high, you know? come down and, and address this with force, right? I, I just don't understand. That logic doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So what this tells me, guys, is that Jason Allen fears people that are starting to ask questions about some of the thrusts that they see coming out of not only his seminary, but all Southern Baptist seminaries. See, Jason Allen, from what I understand, the Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary is definitely one of the better ones. No question about it. It is not as far gone as Southeastern. It is not as, 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 as under, you know, you know, you know, uh, low key promoting this kind of nonsense with critical theory as, as Southern and some of these other seminaries that people have identified. But there are people at Midwestern that are definitely woke. There are woke people at Midwestern. And so people rightly say, well, well, what's going on with this, right? Like, what's going on with this kind of thing? And people are asking questions. Now, here's the rub. It's not an excuse to publish things that are untrue about Jason Allen. It's not an excuse to do that. But here's the, here, here's the point. The point is that Jason here in this article is trying to provide a framework or steps or rules of engagement that favor him and favor the the big Eva institutions. Because here's the reality, like like false accusations aside, accusations I completely agree with him. That's not appropriate. An accusation isn't appropriate. But what he's trying to do here is set up a situation where you have to ask endless questions and, 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 and these questions, you know, essentially what, what, what you do is you do it privately, you don't do it publicly, and all of that kind of thing. Here's what he says. He says, questions, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me, uh, for inquirers, the best way to express concerns, especially if you don't personally know the leader, is by writing them a letter. 
A letter arrives with a certain degree of formality, which prompts a response. A letter has a name associated with it, a return address, and hopefully a cogent statement of the question or concern. If you write a letter to a ministry leader, especially a Southern Baptist leader, I'm confident you'll receive an answer from them or their office. If not, you'll have a legitimate complaint and perhaps legitimate cause to escalate by writing the entity's chairman of the board or even drawing public attention to the matter. So, he wants to put these blockers in place. Write Al Mohler a letter. I'm confident he'll respond. Write so-and-so a letter. I'm confident he'll respond. He wants to handle all of this stuff behind closed doors. And he says, well, and if they don't respond, then you can, then maybe you can go publicly. But you see, this, this whole system sets up this thing where people say, well, you should have gone to him directly. You should have wrote him a letter. And and here's the thing that Jason Allen, I'm not sure if he understands this or not, but, but let me just say this to you, Jason, if you ever hear this. We do reach out to people directly. <laughs> you can talk to anyone who's in this debate, and pretty much to the man, we all have a story where we went to talk to someone directly. We were either shut down, or we were canceled, or we were told to drop it. 11th commandment, all this kind of stuff. Jason, we do do this. Talk to John Harris about the conversations, the many hours of conversations that he's had in private that go nowhere. We know how this works, Jason. This is how it works. You get a phone call from someone that's, you know, mid-tier or a higher level or something like that. Al Mohler calls you up, and then he talks a big game he does the Jedi mind trick on you. I heard somebody say, I can't remember who said this. He Jedi mind tricks you, and then he shuts it down. And and then it's over. And, and that's not how it's going to work anymore. We don't play by your rules anymore because what we see are people who say one thing publicly, but then their actions don't follow. That's what made this story so believable. I didn't read this article from the Capstone Report about you and the immigration and the refugees. Honestly, don't really care so much about that issue. But some people do. But what made it so believable is we see this happen with Southern Baptist presidents all the time. I'm not saying it's okay to publish unverified things. I'm not saying that. But it was believable because we've seen... Uh, seminary presidents, like, for example, Danny Aiken, saying one thing about critical theory and things like that, and then he hires people that promote these things, and that's not up for debate. I don't have to email Walter Strickland and hope and pray that he responds to me somehow to see when he publicly pronounces critical theory and all of these things, recommending James Cone and all of these things. I don't have to do that. I know you'd like me to do that, and you know you, I know you'd like me to pump the brakes before I say anything about his public statements publicly because it works to your benefit. I, I know that that's what you want me to do, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it, and I don't think Southern Baptists should do it either because public statements are open to public scrutiny, Okay. Public statements are, up, uh, are open to public scrutiny. And too often, Jason Allen, people say any kind of scrutiny, any kind of criticism equals an accusation. And I'm not saying you're saying that, Jason, but a lot of lower tier uh, Big Eva members say that kind of stuff all the time. And the reality is that we're not going to play by those rules. You see, here's the reality. Jason Allen responded to this so forcefully 
even while he claims it's not that big of a deal, the accusations weren't that big a deal, he responded to it so forcefully. I don't think it was because it was so fabricated, because every false accusation is fabricated. But rather, I think he responded to it because he knows that this kind of of strategy, and I don't mean the false accusation, I mean the public criticism of what happens every single day in the Southern Baptist Convention, is working. (laughs) The people in the pews are seeing that the emperor has no clothes anymore. The people in the pews see what is being promoted every single day. They saw Resolution 9, and they're like, how did this happen? How did this happen? Clearly, there's backroom deals going on. Clearly, there's stuff happening. And so that's why that kind of stuff has legs, because there's been too much shadiness going on. You cannot tell me that Resolution 9 passed without a lot of backroom dealings happening and a lot of shady activities happening. It didn't just happen randomly. And so that's why this stuff has legs, because it's very believable given the facts that we have. Now, here's the reality. Jason Allen in this article says that the Southern Baptist Convention's linchpin is mutual trust, which is built upon shared convictions and a shared mission. He says false accusations abound, mutual trust is weakened. I completely agree. False accusations abound, mutual trust is weakened. This is why I stand so harshly against what the ERLC engages in every day. False accusations against white folks happen constantly. Russell Moore makes them. Matt Chandler makes them. And I'm sick of it because it does weaken the Southern Baptist Convention. And I don't want the Southern Baptist Convention to be weak. Critical theory and the things that are being promoted every single day by Big Eva, Jason, and I'm not saying you're a part of this, but your buddies are all part of it, weakens the Southern Baptist Convention. We can't trust you. We can't trust Russell Moore when we see him promoting democratic talking points, anti-Christian talking points, and and, and dodging direct questions. You know, like you say, well, ask a question. Yeah. Have you seen how Dr. Moore answers questions? He was asked a very simple question about his old beliefs in patriarchy, and he said some nonsense about complementarianism. This should be about complementarity. It made no sense. This is how they answer questions. This is why anonymous people are getting such a hearing. Because here's the thing. The people that read anonymous blogs, they're not idiots. They, 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 they see what's going on in the Southern Baptist Convention. They see how people answer questions, Jason Allen. No, I, I'm not going to write to Russell Moore anymore because I see what he does. He's the, he's the consummate politician. He doesn't answer direct questions. He tries to Jedi mind trick you, and I, I, I'm not going to be disrespected that way. I'm not going to be, and I don't, I don't blame anyone for not wanting to be disrespected that way. Talk to me like a man. And so, yes, I agree with all this stuff, but your proposed steps and all of that kind of stuff, no, that's not how it's going to go down. If somebody, listen, we do that all the time and we'll continue to do it. I'm not saying we're not going to do it, but we don't have to play by your rules anymore. Yes, false accusations are out of bounds, inappropriate, unacceptable. We all agree. In fact, even the Capstone Report agrees, and that's why they apologized. But no, we're not going to follow these steps anymore. We don't have to. There's nothing biblical about those steps. If Walter Strickland says something about how much he loves James Cone and his writing and his theology publicly, 
if I want to ask him clarifying questions, I can. I'm not, I'm not holding my breath waiting for a response, but I can also criticize it publicly if I want to. We don't play by these rules anymore. They're set up all to your advantage. And that's just, that's just how it works. One last thing I'm going to say before we finish this podcast. Anonymous trolls. There's a lot of people saying, well, anonymous people, you know, they, they shouldn't be given any respect. All they, all they want is clicks and things like that. Look, anonymous people bear the image of God, too. Anonymous people bear the image of God, too. Now, I always encourage anonymous people to, to use their real name. I think it's more effective that way. But let's not pretend that the only reason someone would be anonymous is because they want to hurt you without having any blowback. Let's not pretend that. Because... We see how the Southern Baptist Convention works with people that aren't anonymous. When somebody steps out of line, people try to destroy them. Founders Ministry has been through the ringer. People have tried to destroy Tom Askell's life. Robert Lopez, that professor, the the ex-homosexual, people have tried to destroy his life because he stepped out of line. And so let's not pretend that you're innocent as the driven snow big Eva, and the only reason that an anonymous person would be anonymous is because he's trying to hurt my feelings. He's trying to hurt my career. No, he's trying to save his life. Now, I'm not saying that that's a good enough reason to be anonymous, but at least I can understand that reason. And so while you're here, Jason, trying to throw shade and comparing anonymous trolls online, in your words, to Adolf Hitler and to terrorists and things like that, we all see it, and it looks really cowardly, and it's really unbecoming of you. You're, you're a better man than that, I think. And we have to remember that anonymous trolls on Twitter as annoying as they may be, and I, and I understand. I've got anonymous trolls myself. But they have the image of God too. Doesn't give you an excuse to lie about them and to assume the worst. You see, here's the reality. If Capstone Report was just trying to generate more clicks, which of course they are trying to generate clicks. That's not, there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone's trying to generate chicks. Your clicks, your For the Blog post is trying to uh, blog, uh, For the Church blog is trying to generate clicks. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. But if that's all he was doing, why would he have apologized in the way he did? Because he, he, he knows he's taking his lumps there. He could have stuck with that story and said, nope, you're lying, Jason Allen. He could have done that to, to maintain as much credibility as he possibly could. But no, he apologized knowing full well that admitting this was a false story would ruin you know potential future clicks in the short term. It's not all about clicks for him, obviously. He's after the truth. So let's not pretend that all anonymous people are like the worst people ever and none of them are after the truth. It's just not the case. And while there's a lot to agree with in this article, don't fall for the Jedi mind trick. Jason Allen is setting up a set of rules that have the air of biblical foundations to them. Because yes, if somebody sins against you, you have to go to him privately. Absolutely. But if somebody says something wrong on the internet... That's a, that's a dangerous theology, a dangerous idea, things like that. That is not the same thing. That is not the same thing. You don't have to follow those rules. Don't let the Jedi mind trick work on you. These rules are designed to protect Big Eva and the institutions at your expense. 
I'm not saying if you want to go to these people private, you want to write Dr. Russell Moore a letter and, and pray that he gives you a direct answer. Good luck with that. I, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, but I'm not doing it. And I don't think any Southern Baptist uh, who, who thinks that, that this is important the way I do needs to do it either. And I don't suggest you do it because all they're going to do is spin your wheels, waste your time, and try to put that Jedi mind trick on you. Uh, you know what I mean? Anyway, I hope this wasn't too rambly. I hope it was helpful. God bless. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the Fight Lab Peace Network.